that didn't work the way I planned for it to. Good morning. Take two. Uh, it's good to see you this morning. Hope, uh, hope you're doing well. Um, I know many of you we see on a weekly basis. Uh, let's go to God in prayer. Our Father and our God, we thank you for who you are, for who you called us to be as your people. We thank you for your love and for your protection and for your guidance and for your constant concern for us. We thank you for how far you came and to provide us a way to to come back to you, to overcome the sin that, that dwells in our lives, the sin that strives so hard to take residence among us. I thank you that you've given us a way around that, a way through that, a way to conquer that. We thank you for Jesus, his sacrifice, and the hope we have in his blood. We thank you for the time that we have to gather together. Pray that over the next few moments that our hearts would be still, they would be soft, that our minds would be open and willing to listen to what it is that you have to say to us. We are humbled that you reside within us, humbled that you desire to lead us and guide us, and I pray that we might be constantly seeking your voice and your way. Be with us at this time, Lord, as we open your word. Go with us from this place. Lead us in a way that you would have us to to walk. Help us to be observant of the people that are around us and the opportunities that lie before us uh, to be a message of hope to the world in which we live. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. We've been in a series called uh, Rethink the Church, Um, and and this morning we're going to talk about what it means to rethink um, service. Uh, Bert, I'm going to ask you to uh, move along with me, because this won't uh, connect. Rethink service. Um, An act of service, or the act of service, is really what it means to be a Christian. If, if you look at what Jesus called his people to do, it was to be people of service. Even Jesus says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And over and over and over again, Jesus calls his people to be a people of sacrifice, to be a people of service. Um, but sometimes I think we may not know exactly what it means to be people of service. Uh, I think we need to rethink what it means to be servants and to reshape our view of service in and of itself. Uh, Let's read Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 46. Uh, Jesus paints a picture here, a pretty vivid picture. Um, Part of it was read for for us a moment ago. Um, But let's read this section of this parable that Jesus tells, beginning in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. 
All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of this world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, I assure you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. A pretty vivid picture Jesus begins to paint here of how important service is to his people. It's interesting as Jesus paints this picture that here are the righteous and here is Jesus saying you did this and the people are looking at Jesus going hmm pretty sure if I would have done this for you I would have known. Uh, We hadn't seen you before a little while ago when you started coming in and doing these things so tell me exactly when did we see you? Because service for the people of God is just this instinct. It is this way of life. It is this part of our DNA and our makeup of who we are. That if we are living the way we are called to live, then acts of service are simply just an outflowing of who we are. And it doesn't matter who is on the receiving end. That just like these, really each of these have the same question for Jesus, right? When did we see you? Although the people who are excused from the presence of God are the people who said, we never saw you and so we didn't do anything. And the people who are invited into the presence of God are the ones who said, I didn't know that was you. I just did those things because it's who I am. To rethink service. If, maybe if we as the church would view helping people in need even people in our world, as if we are caring for Jesus Himself, could we go on? Um, A couple of years ago, I was studying through this passage with a friend, and he brought something to mind that I had never really noticed before. I think I shared this with you a few months ago. I'm going to share it with you again, and it's this. Because when I read this parable... When I have read this in the past and and, and thought about this and taught it, I have always imagined that if I'm living life by this parable, that Jesus and I are serving people. That I am serving alongside Jesus the people of the world, the people who are in need, the people who who have some kind of, of, of thing that needs to be filled. That when I go and act according to the gospel and feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty and visit the sick and visit those in prison and take care of the people who are in need, that I have always imagined myself doing exactly what Jesus does and Jesus coming along with me and serving alongside Jesus while living out the gospel. But that's really not what Jesus says here. 
Jesus doesn't identify with the Christian in this parable. He identifies with the outcast. He identifies with the poor. He identifies with the marginalized, with those on the fringe, with the imprisoned, with the leper, with the sick, with the lame. He identifies with the untouchable, not with me. He says, whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine. He didn't say, whatever you did for those people. He said, whatever you did for these brothers, you did for me. What if... What if we began to rethink what it meant to serve? What it looked like to serve? What if instead of picturing me, the wealthy churchgoer, going out and serving them, the poor, needy people, I started beginning to see the way the picture really looks, which is me, the sinner redeemed by the blood of Jesus, serving Jesus. People who just like me have been created in the image of God. People who just like me, God desires and pursues and so wants to come to a knowledge of Him with all of His being. Christ went just as far to save the people of the world that He came for me because once I was a person of the world and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What if we began to rethink service? So let me ask you this question. How much do you care about your own service? How much do you care about your acts of service? You think about it. We live, uh, we live in a culture that is becoming more and more, um, I say sometimes dependent uh, it's, it's changing the way it's dependent. But how many service, services do you employ each day? Every store that we go to has a customer service section. Um, Richard, you're probably very familiar with the customer satisfaction index, aren't you? In the car business, that's basically our paychecks were, were all tied to my CSI score. Because every part of that, serv- that, um, that whole business was about customer service. How well are you serving the customer? Or how well can you coach a customer to say that you are serving them? Customer service. You know, if you go to a fast food restaurant or, or a sit-down restaurant, there are all kinds of expectations that you have when you go in about what service looks like. Um, sometimes our service falls short. I've got a few pictures here of what my typical fast food experience looks like. That's what I see on the commercial on top. And when I go to Taco Bell and order the crispy tostada, that's usually what it comes out looking like. Uh, Give me the next one here. Oh, yes. Man, doesn't that... Is that a Big Mac? Yeah. Jay, is that a Big Mac? (laughs) I think that's a Whopper. I think I intentionally avoided the McDonald's ones, okay? Um, but then you get it and you open it up and it's like man that's not what it looked like on the commercial or on your picture what's next 
Yeah, no, that's usually what Heather's looks like. She has to get the crispy tostada. It's the only thing at Taco Bell that she can eat that actually is gluten-free. But it usually comes in, and it's kind of slipped and slid all over, and usually everything's kind of piled to one side. really doesn't have the same presentation that you expect. My personal favorite is when I order pizza for the kids, and it shows up at the house looking like this. Had a wild, uh, you know, delivery driver that showed up. There is a presentation that is expected, but it is what, what actually shows up is frequently so far below the expectations that we have. You can go on. Uh, we don't want to keep pizza up there. I don't want to make you too hungry just yet, okay? And look, I know, uh, Jay, and, and I know you guys, this never happened at your place because you taught customer service. But we are frequently evolving in our culture where we don't really care about service. Even when it is our job, we're just there because it is our job, not because we have a desire for service. Most of the people who are employed at the places that we go to eat, especially fast food restaurants, have very little concern about your actual experience in the restaurant because they have no investment in the company. They have no stake in what happens beyond when do I get my paycheck. Do we live that way in the church, though? Do we live that way in the church where we kind of just see acts of service as this obligation that we have to just cash the check at the end and get what we are owed? Or do we live as if we actually have investment in what transpires? Because if we are really to be the people of God, we are to be people who are invested. Our American ideal is a very selfish one. You look out for you. Take care of your own interests. You've got to do what's right for you and your family. <clears throat> Don't worry about anybody else. You've got to do what's right for you. You've got to be true to your truth. We say these kind of things even though they really don't make sense logically because it's all about me what can I do to be better what can I do to be richer what can I do to be higher up on the ladder what can I do so that I might be in a better position to be better about this and this and this but that is the American ideal very selfish but what if we were to view life truly understand and embrace the life-changing effects of God's grace how could we keep that to ourselves how could we not be willing to sacrifice the things that we have come to cherish in our culture for an eternal good because really here's the truth about service serving others is far more practical than we think one of my great frustrations as a youth minister was that anything that someone in the church didn't want to do became a great idea for a service project for the youth <laughs> oh so and so needs what done oh good service project for the youth it, we kind of just became the catch all for the grub work that nobody wanted to do Oh, the youth group needs a service project. <laughs> I got a job for them. 
I can't get anybody to come out here and help me with this. Send them out. Most of the time, we would do it. Sometimes begrudgingly, but we would do it. And, and that's really the issue, isn't it? That so frequently our acts of service are done in, in a very begrudging way when we actually get out and do them. But what we're really content to do is we say, well, we'll we just kind of think about it. We'll pass along the information. And, and we do different kinds of things to make us feel better about not being as active in it as maybe we know we should be. Look at what James says in James chapter 2, verses 4, 14 through 16. He says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can his faith save him? Or if a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? You see, there is this inherent and innate obligation for us to continue to fulfill the needs of the people in which we come into contact with. That's what Jesus did, is it not? Over and over again, Jesus took care of what they needed, but in order that they may hear what they really needed, he took care of what physically ailed them as well. You remember the man who was lowered down through the roof by his friends. As soon as he hit the ground, Jesus said, I'm so glad you're here. Your sins are forgiven. And you have to believe his friends up at the top who just dug through the man's roof said, That's not what we came for. I don't care about his sins. I've heard you can make people walk. And Jesus looks at the audience who knows or skeptical, and he says, So that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins, I tell you, rise and walk. And the lame man stood up, picked up his mat, and ran out of the room. And and it's not that Jesus is acknowledging that he needed to be able to walk more than he needed the blessing of forgiveness of sins. But he says, so that you will hear what I'm actually telling you. Let me remove the physical obstacle so you can see the value of forgiven sins. A man I met from... uh, uh, Ghana, West Africa, who began the Ghana, West Africa mission to build uh, water wells in Ghana. He went over there one time, and, and he was going through these villages, and he went over there with the intent of preaching the gospel. And when he walked into this village, he began to preach. And what he realized is nobody could hear what they were saying, what he was saying, because they were so sick. They were so sick because they had bad water. And he said, how can these people hear what I'm trying to tell them through the infirmities that they are dealing with? So he called a friend from the States and said, I need money to build these people a fresh water well. I need to heal their physical ailments so they can hear the gospel. Because right now they're too sick to hear. And so they got money and they got a truck over and they dug a well and they got fresh water. And as the people began to get well, he began to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from that moment... He created a mission that began to serve the entire nation of Ghana and now serves most of the continent of Africa, bringing clean water to villages. And they always build the water well in the front yard of the church building. Or rather, they build a water well and then plant a church. So that when people come to get fresh water, they also get living water. They receive the gospel through the very physical blessing. It is important to pray. It is important to encourage people. 
but we have to be active about our acts of service. What if Jesus walked in here this morning? What if Jesus walked in and took a seat right in that middle row? Would you object if I stopped preaching? What if Jesus came in and fell down in the middle of the aisle and said, I need water? Would we get up and give him water? Would our agendas stop? Would our plans for lunch change? Mine would. My sermon would change. Your preacher would change. I'd say, come teach us. Let me get you some water so you can come finish my sermon. But that's the kind of attitude we should have when we see what if we imagined, what if we lived imagining that everyone we encountered was Jesus. What if we saw Jesus in everyone that we came across each day? Would it change the way I see the man on the corner? Would it change the way I see the group of people living in a sleeping bag on the street? Would it change the way I see the people that come into my doors every day asking for money or asking for food or asking for help in one way or another? To see people, to see Jesus in the people. What if we lived that way? How would our service be changed? There are frequently very many videos of famous people who go in disguise and go into communities and and, and they video the way people interact with them. People don't know who they're interacting with and so they act differently and then they find out who it is and they're just floored. I think the funniest one is... uh, um, man, I just lost his actual name. Luke Skywalker, the guy that plays Luke Skywalker, is dressed up as a stormtrooper. Mark Hamill, thank you. And um, and then he takes his mask off, and they're like, "No, you can't be a stormtrooper." Undercover boss, maybe you've seen that. People act a certain way, and they begin to pour out their difficulties, and they find out they're talking to the boss, and they're like, "Oh no, I shouldn't have said that." Right? Because we act differently at times. What if we treated everyone and saw Christ in everyone that we encountered? Look in the bulletin you've seen in the last few weeks, there are, or the last couple of weeks, there are all kinds of ways to get involved. Uh, this morning, if you look in there, there are ways to get involved in acts of service. We've got our benevolence ministry. Our food pantry is always in need of donations and, and bags to be packed. Our youth group is always in need of, of homes to, to meet in, to do their devotionals and their activity nights. Uh, we're partnering with Audubon Elementary um, this, this summer, and we're going to go through the school year, find different ways of serving the teachers, the staff, the students over there, the families that they encounter. Super Saturday coming up is a great way to reach out to our community. There are all kinds of ways for us to be active, uncomfortably active. serving the community in which we live. Let's begin to rethink service. Let service not be this obligation that we are required to have because we are Christians, but something that we actively desire and seek to do because we see Jesus everywhere we look.